0: Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with author Carol Bumpus about her latest book, Searching for Family and Traditions at the French Table. The book details a culinary tour of France that Carol was taken on by her French friend Josiane. During their travels, Carol explores France and its rich history, and more importantly, she is invited into French people's homes to hear their family stories, learn their family recipes, and join in on family meals. I spoke with Carol over a weak countryside internet connection, but we managed to have a lovely chat despite a few recording hiccups, which I hope you'll try not to notice. So let's get to my conversation with Carol Bumpus. So I'm thrilled to be with Carol Bumpus, who is the author of Searching for Family and Traditions at the French Table. And we were just chatting a little bit about um, what an interesting project this is, how exciting it was to be able to be welcomed into French families' homes and have such a real experience with daily French culture, which is so concentrated on sharing food at the table amongst friends and families. And Carol, I'd like maybe to start with talking a little bit about your background, because you weren't like a student of French culture. You didn't study French. You admit frequently throughout the book, that your your control of the French language is very limited. You Like you said, you had a translator with you, a friend and translator who was helping tr- to translate these experiences you were having. So how did you go from your life before to becoming this explorer of French culture and this investigator into French culinary traditions?
1: Well, I think that my love of, of France has gone way, way back. But um, I was a retired family therapist and I had decided to, once I retired, that I wanted to do some travel. And once I went with my husband to France, I realized that what I really wanted to do was to know more about the French families and what was important to them. And I realized that one way to get into that discussion was from the table, because we all have a favorite recipe, we all have foods that we love, and so I decided to go over and interview people, families, in the, in France and in Italy, about what was their favorite foods, and uh, that brought me to right to the table, right to their table, and right inside their
0: homes. And it opened up an an entire world for me. I think you had the double benefit of having a wonderful guide who is a friend that you have from California offering to, to accompany you on this adventure. But you had this also maybe new experience of being able to have a chair at those tables. So how did that idea come together? Like, how did you choose the places you were going to go to? How did you how did this trip come to be that became the basis for this two part book that you've put out?
1: Well, actually, it started um, in my own home um, at my own table uh, here in California. And uh, I had been introduced to Josie Ann Salvage, and she is French, a uh, French expat. And she said, I understand you want to learn about French food and French traditions. I'm here to help you. And she brought her mother over, who was at that time 83. And together, they started to teach me about French foods. And I realized so much about what my, my ideas about French cooking were so different than what really happens in the home.
0: Like, what were some ideas that you had about French cooking that were kind of challenged or upended through this experience?
1: Well, a lot of it had to do with um, understanding the difference between haute cuisine, So uh, I had the understanding that au cuisine was what most families would uh, prepare in their homes. And as it turned out, no, absolutely not. Uh, And it was actually at the same time that I was becoming involved with the slow food movement. And I suddenly realized that people over in Europe buy the foods that are seasonal and that are local and that there are fresh. So you're not going to be doing a lot with butters and yes, you will a little, but that wasn't the um, emphasis. It was what what's available, what's economical and what's seasonal. So I realized, well, we're not that different. Uh, we do that here.
0: And I think uh, that's interesting too, because especially what you were looking at was recipes that have been passed on through families. So we're looking at, You know whether we're looking, we're in the Alsace region or in the Champagne region for different reasons. Families have had to be celebrate the the beauty of seasonal and locally grown produce, but also be dependent on it because for different reasons they weren't able to have access to other things. That must have been interesting for you coming from California, which is such a diverse has such a diverse palette of different foods ethnically and also just. We have access to so many different ingredients that are in season year-round. Were you, was it interesting to you to come and see, kind of what is being done with more simple ingredients? Well, I, I think that
1: uh, for certain, I am. Uh, privileged in that I have the access to foods because of the the, um, climate that we live in. We have more available to us all the time, which is not the case in most places in the world. But I think one of the things that also came into play here was that every time I asked a family about their food or their traditions, there was always uh, this little seed of, there was World War II. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that came in this very first interview with uh, Marcel, who is the mother, and she was born on the last day of World War One, and then uh, died in um, after um, 9/11. So she was a single mom um, at age 17, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, during World War Two in Paris, and so she hurt talking about what it was like to have food. Well, you didn't talk about what recipes did you find or did you want to prepare for your family. It was out of necessity, and they actually they had little food. And what do you put on your table? You put put something on your table that you can afford or you can even find. Mm -hmm. And so the war um, mentality from World War II still carries through to this day. This was a huge, huge issue that I tracked and followed. And in fact, it was my first book that came out was
0: a historical novel, and it was based on Marcel's life story. I was super intrigued and learned a lot from your your time in the Alsace region and how that region was one that went back and forth from French to German and how troubling and how life-changing that was for people on a very regular basis living in that region so you you know food as a vector for learning new recipes and and understanding what is regional is important but it's also there's a lot of historical background that you get through this book what I really liked about how you um how you share that with your reader is that you're going through just modest families Sitting at their table, and it's very clear that you can see that every that everyone's story is important. And I think another thing that the book shows is just how like generous the French are with sharing their their culinary Absolutely. background and how welcoming they are. There's people who are taking out bottles of you know eau de vie that their grandfathers made or their fathers made yes. to share with you. So were you um, surprised, given that sometimes the cliche of the French person is a little bit cold or maybe distant? Well, I, I think that's a real good
1: um, question, because I think that is the idea that many Americans think of, certainly Parisians. But once you take off a um, waiter's uniform, he leads you into his own home, and it would be the same. We would be in the same situation where you are now um, introduced into a whole different network of, of existence. And... It's not, you're not in a restaurant, you're not putting on pretense, they are just there being themselves, and it's it's lovely, it's lovely, and that's what I saw. Uh, And so, sharing in the traditions at the family table is the best way to share being French or being Italian.
0: You know, more than just um, recipes that we could learn, and obviously stories, we we also learn the importance of food as, like... As, um, as identity and also as freedom. And h- I wonder, as you learned these recipes and learn and were, and encountered different specialties, how has that kind of changed the way that you share food or prepare it with your friends and family? When I was doing some of the test kitchen recipes for this, this upcoming book or
1: this book that just came out, um, it was fun to do that. And I was remembering how I was being taught and what was important and what they would say. For instance, the backenholfen, uh, which is also Alsatian. And the meaning of it was uh, baked in the oven. And it was something that went back way to probably maybe medieval times. It was before people actually had their own ovens in their homes. And so if the women were wanting to do uh, the laundry, they had to spend the whole day down... Um, washing the laundry in the river and so they would prepare this of meats and and, uh, vegetables and seal it and it would be taken off to the um, patisserie where that was the only the baker's oven was the only oven available and then that would be a celebration when they would finish with their hard labor that that would be ready made and so when we do that, we pop things in the microwave and think that, you know, uh, this is tough. It gives me a sense of
0: time and place and history that is so much more rich. For sure. I was actually thinking about that portion in the book where you were talking about the lavoirs because I'm, I'm in, in rural France and I was taking a walk with my daughter today and we, we stopped by the lavoir, which is now kind of just full ornamental thing now. But, I, you know, there is a sense of like, sanctity around that space like that's where the women came together to speak and that was you know still work but it was also a social and that that whole sense of like community as well being knowing that your kitchen isn't necessarily equipped to make this dish so then you could you were kind of outsourcing things to the community so that everyone could share in this experience and that that work was done together and everything had a social aspect whereas like you say pushing a button on a microwave or throwing some clothes into a laundry machine a washing machine don't have that same sort of like social experience attached to them. When we talk about recipes, I'm not sure if this happened to you, but when you ask a French person for recipes, often they don't have measurements for them so much. It's the experience of touching, using your eyes, uh, using your fingers to feel if it feels right. And I, I wonder if you had that experience when you were asking people to share recipes with you. They didn't necessarily have something they could write down for you. Well, and also they're
1: all they're speaking French, yeah. you know,
0: and I don't <laughs> understand. So,
1: so all of Another this, was, issue. you know, the, it was it was always such a delight because they would be so excited to share this with me, and then they would realize that they needed to slow down because I'm slow, you know. I mm-hmm. and it took a while for Josie to to uh, carefully translate. So this is what we do. This is how we go through through the process, and so it it made the it made you know uh, even more unique in that we were sharing and appreciating on both sides and then i think they realized the
0: value of their grandmother's recipe even more so yeah for sure and, and i'm sure yeah, do that yeah. and that active so transmission it, as well and especially having such an eager audience like you as someone who on the receiving end is so thrilled to to have that but also the recognition that that's that you're sharing it with a whole other that it's leaving the family but in a very like respectful way to be presented to a different audience uh, abroad, which is, I think, also, I mean, the power of that and the like symbolism of that, was, I'm sure, didn't go unnoticed by the people who you interviewed. Well, in fact, that's exactly one of the major reasons I wanted to
1: get this book out, is to thank those people, those very individuals that had me in their home. All these years, they've been waiting for they knew that it was important, but they didn't, they didn't see their name in the books before. I had two books before. And so this was the first time that I'm saying, thank you. Thank you for the gift that you gave me.
0: For sure. So can you tell us a little bit more? Because I have, so I have book one, so Searching for Family and Traditions at the French Table. Book one covers Champagne, Lorraine, Alsace, and the Ile-de-France. So I think that this is intended as a two-book series. Is that correct? It's it's actually three at the moment. Great. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> first so, uh, Book.
1: Yeah, book two is actually the second half of this very same tour. Okay. So, book two is where um, Josie Anne. Um, returns me back to Paris and with my husband Winston, and Winston has to he has worked in Paris so he doesn't continue on with us, so we don't get to have his you know his wonderful way, and but um, but it gets go, to be a girls' trip after that yeah yes, yes, <laughs> and, which is a whole different trip and <laughs> yeah and so we go from Île um, de France then uh, into Padre Calais and Normandy Brittany Loire and
0: uh, we complete the tour in the Auvergne. There's so many regions and so many cultural identities that are within this country there's little little rivalries and things like that but I mean you know if you from as an from an outside perspective you don't really see that immediately and you and you got to get kind of in between little scuffles between people who were from, you know, not that many kilometers apart. What do you miss when you're not in France, like after having such a vast exploration of the country?
1: Well, I think um, it's changed over time because at one point, I was able to bring back um, like wild mushrooms, and uh, dried mushrooms Mm. and things like that. And that's that's not something I can bring back as readily now because of um, just agricultural norms mm. here but um, certainly cheeses and pâté um, de um, 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 mm-hmm. um anything like that I loved to bring back sometimes
0: they let us bring it sometimes no 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 <laughs> and so <laughs> so Carol if people want we've covered you know in a, sh- in a short amount of time uh, just a, a few aspects of your book and a few subjects that are covered so if people want to um, get their hands on the book and have updated information? You mentioned that maybe you're doing some events, events you have planned or there's a resource that people can go to to be up-to-date on.
1: Okay, well, the first, probably the easiest way to connect into my, uh, the events that are coming up is to just go to my uh, website, which is www.carolbumpus.com. Carol with an E. And um, I have my uh, champagne book launch tomorrow evening in Palo Alto. And um, I live just 20 miles south of San Francisco on the peninsula. So that's where I'm located. I am going to Austin, Texas to do an event there. I do um, an omnivore
0: bookstore, which is all cookbooks. Fun! That's such an amazing place in San Francisco. That's so great to, um, God, that's such an institution. It's such an amazing place. Do you, um, you know, because my introduction to you is from this book, but you mentioned during our interview books that you've done, worked on before this. So can you maybe give us a little bit, I'll I'll include this in the show notes, but for listeners, um, other books of yours that they can read.
1: Oh, great. Uh, So um, I mentioned that my first novel that came out was called A Cup of Redemption. And this is the um, historical novel based on Marcel's life. And it's really about uh, women, war, food uh, in France. And so that was really the culmination that led to everything else. As soon as that came out, um, then people wanted recipes. So I followed that with another book called Recipes for Redemption. Mm -hmm. And it's a companion cookbook to a cup of redemption. So any time that I mentioned food in the novel, then here's the recipe. Here's a story about why that recipe is there and a little bit of the history on the food. Um, that is around that particular recipe. I, it has been a lot of fun, and mm. I've been surprised at how much I veered off into the foods category. <laughs> <laughs> because I, in the I beginning, did, you were I more not fiction history,
0: that. yeah, and then food yes, yes, kind of became yes. a part of yeah. your life.
1: <laughs> well, it kind of transformed me. I'm suddenly doing. Um, like a lit it's called literary lunch and it's for a gourmet cooking class that's held here in San Mateo. Oh, cool. Um a and, and uh, a number of cooking schools are asking me. I'm going into French bistros and doing special events. So oh. it it really is about French and food but um it's also about the history. I don't want that to get lost because that was a real big piece of of my um, experience. And I also have worked with um, World War II veterans and traveled with them in France to celebrate their 60th and the 65th anniversary uh, liberation tour. That was, I went on those ventures just to do research about the French and how they handled war. And I have never been on a more moving experience in my life. Wow. It Mm. was Uh, We had hundreds, we had thousands of people show up to say thank you to our allies and to our veterans for each one of the um, days that we were um, traveling with them. Literally, thousands of people came out to say thank you, thank you, we will never forget.
0: Wow, how powerful that must have been. And what an amazing turn for your life to take as well to be bringing you in contact with all of this um, living history and um, these amazing uh, opportunities to celebrate. To celebrate human resilience, which is amazing, right. exactly, wow. exactly. Can you also tell me about a little bit? Um, it seems like you focus a lot on. I mean, obviously, through searching for family traditions and traditions at the French table, oftentimes we're talking to women who have who have um, traditionally been not not exclusively in the book and not exclusively in history, but traditionally been the the food preparers in families. When we talk about family cuisine or or poor cuisine. Um, but also, um, that seems to be a subject that's interesting to you in your previous books. And I noticed that you're a publisher, She Writes Press. Is that a publisher that works right. with female authors? or how, can Just, you tell us about just that? female authors. Amazing. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Um,
1: they're a wonderful group. Um, and I have, I'm really privileged to be able to work with them. And so once my novel came out, then um, they just immediately helped me get the companion cookbook out. Within less than nine months, it wow. was, and I already had the recipes. It was just uh, converting them into um, the, the right out of metric and into our our, <laughs> Which our, our not way an of easy doing task. life. <laughs> yeah. So the, it was it was that. But then um, when I came up with the idea of the ori- so the original goal of my books was this savoring the old ways series. And that's what I was doing my initial interviews for. I was wanting to know what brings people to the table, what holds them there, and what are the traditions that hold them there. And so it was that series, I am finally now, just now, getting Mm -hmm. kicked off with this first book. And then um, all of these, the rest of these fall into that series. So there's so far two books Um, that are French, and the third is going to be um, Italian. And I've got several more that are coming up, but at this point, that's what I'm under contract on. Somehow
0: I have a feeling it's not going to stop there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's been a delight. It really has. It's actually... Uh, it 's moving me it 's not at you all know, i it 's a force that I had not expected to be reckoning with and um and i 'm delighted well,
0: it sounds like you found some amazing partners to go along with this adventure Josiane is seems like a real treasure, and then your husband winston seems like a of of just a great life partner and someone who 's just along for the ride so that 's important well, too. We—he's
1: known as the book Sherpa, so, <laughs> so he—he is—he's preparing for um, helping me tomorrow with a book Sherpa in so and um, hauling in the champagne. <laughs> so you have to have a good life partner, and he is one. Oh, Josie Ann is at, well. In fact, my husband refers to Josie Ann as St. Josie Ann. She <laughs> is an absolute gem. Mm-hmm. And none of this, none of these books or stories
0: could have come out without her um, guiding me along the way. Well, it takes an all-star team and it sounds like that's what you've got. And and the and the final product is really uh, is so special. Like I think it it breaks out of a lot of norms about what we've gotten used to when it comes to food. Memoirs because it's it's such a great overlapping of history, culture, modern french culture and the and how we got here and obviously there's also some really great recipes that i think are often ignored because like you said it's it's everyday french cuisine without any sort of bells and whistles but still still a lot of butter and all of the things that we love about french cuisine so really thank you so much for writing this thank you for taking time to talk to me about it um and i it's been a joy oh thank you um and sorry about the little bumps along the road as we communicate over continents and, and uh, time. Um, I'm going to include everything in the show notes that people need. And, um, and I wish I were in California right now so I could meet up with you at Omnivore. But um, I hope that other people are able to meet you and, and, and get this book thanks to our, our little chat today. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks this so much, Carol. Enjoyed. so Much to Carol for taking the time to talk with me. You can learn more about Carol's books and upcoming events by visiting her website, carolbumpus.com. You can also discover other great female writers and book projects by visiting She Writes Press. Check out the show notes for this episode for more information. Thanks as always to World Radio Paris for producing and hosting the podcast, and of course to Ben Nero, who composed and performed the show's theme music, and who is also on full-time daddy duty for five days so I can go to a wedding in Connecticut. Send me your New York and Connecticut food and drink suggestions, please. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving an iTunes review or checking out some of the older episodes. I've been thrilled with the support of my Paris Market cookbook. I recently did a giveaway of the book in collaboration with Ava Jorkinsern, author of Paris by Design, a beautiful book that I was honored to be included in. If you weren't lucky enough to win a copy during our Instagram giveaway, I encourage you to go ahead and buy one. This documentation of quintessential Paris design is worth every penny. Thanks again for listening and tune in next time to the Perry Paysanne podcast.